All right, you guys, I want to know something. Have you taken the challenge yet? You know what I'm talking about. The Sierra Cell 14-Day Challenge. If you haven't, I want you to take the challenge, especially if you're experiencing joint pain or if you want to reduce delayed onset muscle soreness after a hard workout. Sierra Cell is a great product. I've been using it for a long time now, and I'm extremely happy with it, which is why I'm bringing it to you on this podcast. Sierra Cell Health is a company with a vision to help 1 million or more people live healthier and more active lives. And one way they accomplish that is with Joint Formula 14. Since Sierra Cell started sponsoring Cut the Crap Podcast, many of you guys listening have taken the Sierra Cell 14-Day Challenge and found that the product actually works. I'm telling you guys. I'm not lying to you. I've used this product, which is why I want to bring it to you. And as many of you have tried it yourself, you now see the benefits of Sierra Cell. So if you're sitting out there and you're experiencing joint pain or if you feel really, really sore after a hard workout and you want to try the product or if you know people in your life who do have hard workouts and feel a lot of pain or have joint pain, absolutely 100% recommend this product to them. Joint Formula 14, it does work. I can vouch for it and many of you listeners can vouch for it as well too. So try the Sierra Cell 14-day challenge today and if you don't notice better mobility and less stiffness, they will give you your money back, 100% guaranteed. So not only are they giving you a money back guarantee, but when buying online, just use the coupon code CUTTHECRAP and get 15% off. Now, I know many of you guys are going in-store to your local health store and buying this, but hey, if you guys want to buy it online, you can get 15% off. So just use Cut the Crap and you'll get 15% off right away. If not, of course, you know, go ahead and support your local store by all means. But definitely give the Sierra Cell 14-Day Challenge a try by going to sierracil.com. That's S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.com. That's sierracil.com. Filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Caligiuri. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Ryan Caligiuri here. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where week after week, I make sure you never have to read a business book again because fill in the blanks there, guys. You know how this one goes because I'm doing all that dirty work for you. I'm the guy who's sitting there reading every book, dog-earing the pages, highlighting it, and breaking it down to core golden nuggets week after week. Episode 30 now. We're cracking this milestone. I'm happy about this one. 30. We've already been doing this for 30 weeks. Feels like we just got started, and I guess we kind of did just get started on this. We've only been doing this for about six months now. Seven months now, actually. Having a great time doing it, and I'm very excited about today's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. This is a great book. I read this one first when I was 17 years old. My dad gave this book to me, um, you know, as soon as I graduated high school and said, you know, I should read it because he feels this could definitely help me out in the business world. And he was right. I read this one when I was 17, read it again, maybe about 24, 25-ish. And now I'm reading it again. So every single time I read it, I take something different from it. Because every time I read it, I'm in a different space in my life. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. I know you're going to enjoy it. Because this one was the most requested book to summarize from all you guys out there. So I'm happy to summarize this one for you guys and break it down into golden nuggets. Obviously, we got seven habits. We got seven golden nuggets. So why don't we crack right into this one. Golden nugget number one. Be proactive. Your life doesn't just happen. Whether you know it or not, it's carefully designed by you and the choices you make. You choose to be happy. You choose to be sad. 
You choose to make fast decisions and stick to them. You choose to waver on your decisions. You choose success. You choose failure. You choose courage. You choose fear. Just remember that every moment, every situation provides you an opportunity to make a brand new choice in your life. And when you do that, it gives you a perfect opportunity to do things differently to produce more positive results. So being proactive is about taking responsibility for your life. You can't keep blaming everything on your parents or on your grandparents, on your siblings. Proactive people recognize that they are what Covey calls response-able. They don't blame genetics, circumstances, conditions, or conditioning for their behavior. They know they choose their behavior. Reactive people, on the other hand, are often affected by their physical environment. They find external sources to blame for their behavior. If the weather is good, they feel good. If the weather is crap, they feel like crap. All of these external forces that are outside of our mind, that are outside of our control, they act as stimulus that we respond to. Now, between the stimulus and the response is your greatest power. You have the freedom to choose your response. One of the most important things you choose is what you say. Your language is a good indicator of how you see yourself. A proactive person uses proactive language. I can, I will, I prefer, and so on and so forth. A reactive person uses reactive language. I can't, or I have to, or if only. Reactive people believe they are not responsible for what they say and do. They don't have a choice. Instead of reacting to or worrying about conditions over which they have little to no control, proactive people focus their time and their energy on things that they can control. The problems, challenges, and opportunities we face all fall into two areas, the circle of concern and the circle of influence. Proactive people, they focus their efforts, their time, their energies on the circle of influence. They work on the things they can do something about, their health, their children, their parents, problems at work. Reactive people, on the other hand, they focus the majority of their efforts in the circle of concern, things that have very little control over, like the national debt or terrorism or uh, you know, the weather. When you gain an awareness of the areas that you spend most of your energy, that's how you can make the first step in becoming a proactive person. This is such a good golden nugget from the perspective of just being able to classify your thoughts into the circle of concern or the circle of influence. I've used this so many times to ensure that my mind is focused on the things that I can control. And by allowing myself to think about the things that I can control and feeling in control, I'm able to accelerate my life far faster than someone who doesn't have control of their circumstances, who feels that everything is happening to them and not for them. So definitely think about the circle of concern and the circle of influence, trying to spend more time in the circle of influence and become more proactive in your thoughts. All right, and time for this week's bonus nugget, the importance of being proactive in a socially connected world. This bonus nugget is brought to you by Modern Earth Web Design. The way you interact with your customers has changed. Traditional forms of marketing are not as effective as they once were. And are you doing enough to keep pace with your competition? The folks at Modern Earth Web Design are experts at online marketing and can help you lead the way in your industry with active blog and social media management, 
ongoing search engine optimization, and targeted pay-per-click campaigns on Facebook, Twitter, Google, and more. Visit modernearth.net to set up a no-obligation consultation to see what online marketing can do for your website. modernearth.net, solutions for an online world. Did you know that Twitter users expect a response to a tweet at a business within 30 minutes, especially if it's a complaint? If you're not proactively monitoring your social media profiles, you may miss out on an important opportunity to engage with your audience, especially when they want to engage with you. So a quick tip from the folks at Modern Earth is set up notifications and make sure they're being sent to you via email or SMS so you can respond in real time. Now, it's actually surprising, speaking for myself now, uh, how many businesses I've worked with who actually don't have notifications set up. It's so easy to do, and yet not everybody does it. It's something so simple, and if you just make that change, you'll become more proactive and more responsive to your marketplace. For example, if someone tweets you, you can tweet them in a minute back. If someone hits up your Facebook page with a message, you can message them right back if you have your notifications set. Now, hopefully all you guys have your notifications set, and if you do, fantastic. Now, the thing is, it's funny. When people say the word social media, they conjure up different thoughts. For many business professionals, when they hear social media, they don't believe it applies to them. It's not true. Social media is essentially the new internet. 53% of the time spent online is on social media. And that number, it's not going to go smaller. It's only going to continue to climb. So part of being proactive with social media is in delving deep into trending tools and determining if your business can benefit from them. Tools such as Facebook, they used to be just for personal use. Not anymore. Facebook has been shown to add real value with particular strategies for businesses of all kinds, from professional services to product companies. Snapchat is one of those emerging tools that right now you may not see value in, but in 12 to 15 months, there will be a lot more people communicating through that new channel. A few years ago, actually maybe a year, year and a half ago, that demographic was a lot smaller. It was about you know 15 to 18 And now it just continues to get older and older, just like Facebook was back in the day. So being proactive with social media is all about being open-minded and being experimental in nature to determine how these new communication channels can be used by your business. Some great takeaways here and some great advice from the folks at Modern Earth Web Design. Thank you so much to Modern Earth for this bonus nugget. That website again is modernearth.net. Golden nugget number two, begin with the end in mind. So kind of a silly question, but what do you want to be when you grow up? I told you this question might be a little bit silly, but just think about it for a minute. Are you right now who you want to be, who you dreamed of becoming in the future? Are you doing what you've always wanted to do? Now be honest with me, because sometimes people find themselves achieving victories that are empty, successes that have come at the expense of things that were far more valuable to them. If your ladder is not leaning against the right wall, Every step you take gets you closer to the wrong place faster. Habit number two is based on imagination, the ability to envision in your mind what you can't at present time see with your eyes. It's based on the principle that all things are created twice. There's the mental creation, which is first, and then the second, which is physical creation. The physical creation follows the mental just as a building follows a blueprint. If you don't make a conscious effort to visualize who you are and what you want in life, then you empower other people and other circumstances around you to shape you and your life by default. And you don't want to do that. You want to be in control. 
It's about connecting again with your own uniqueness and then defining the personal, moral, and ethical guidelines within which you can most happily express and fulfill yourself. Begin with the end in mind means to begin each day, each task, or each project, each relationship with a clear vision of your desired direction and destination, and then continue by flexing your proactive muscles to make things happen. One of the best ways to incorporate habit two in your life is to develop a personal mission statement. It focuses on what you want to be and what you want to do. It's your plan for success. It reaffirms who you are, puts your goals in focus, and moves your ideas into the real world. Your mission statement makes you the leader of your own life. You create your own destiny and secure the future you envision. This one is so incredibly important. The idea of visualization is something that so many people have talked about over the years. And it's very important that you get this in your head that you have to at first visualize what you want to become, what you want to get out of something. It's that ability to see it in your mind first, which makes it easier for you to achieve because you can visualize it. You can feel it in your bones what it feels like and it draws you to it. Now I know, I know that this point might make some of you guys roll your eyes. I just know that. I've had this conversation so many times with people and Either you're a believer in the idea of visualization or you're not. If you're not, then I, I want to ask you just to give it a try. It helps build confidence. It helps you believe in yourself. When I first started this podcast or when I first started working with clients, I didn't think I could do it. But in my mind, I just visualized it. I said, you know, what does this look like? What does recording a podcast every single week look like? What is promoting it? What is producing it look like? And in my mind, I sort of had it figured out. So when I actually started doing it, I wasn't that scared of it because I saw it. When I do speaking engagements, I visualize it in my mind so that I go there first in the mind before my body goes there. And when I go up there on stage and I talk to, you know, 500, 1,000 people, it's not that surprising to me anymore because now I've been there. I've done that. If I can go there in the mind, I can go there in the body. Now, I know some of you guys, again, like I said, you might think it's fluffy, but please give this one a try. Start to visualize what you want out of life, what you want out of a certain result, uh, a specific relationship, a specific conversation, whatever it is, try to go there with your mind first. You might be surprised with what you find. Golden nugget number three, put first things first. To live a more balanced life, you have to recognize that not doing everything that comes along, it's okay. There's no need to overextend yourself. All it takes is realizing that it's all right to say no when necessary and then focus on your highest priorities. Habit one says, you're in charge, you're the creator. Being proactive is about choice. Habit two is the first or mental creation beginning with the end in mind. It's all about vision. Habit three is the second creation, the physical creation. This habit is where habits one and two come together. It happens day in and day out, moment by moment. It deals with many of the questions addressed in the field of time management. But that's not what it's all about. Habit three is about life management as well. Your purpose, values, roles, and priorities. What are first things to you? I know personally what my first things first are. And I make sure that I get those things done. And you know what's funny? When I don't put first things first... I feel like I'm inefficient. I feel like I have this big you know, thing that I haven't done yet. And it's true because I haven't put first things first. I've let all the piddly little things that don't matter all that much get in the way, distract me, and I've started focusing on those. Meanwhile, all these big rocks that I need to achieve 
aren't being achieved. They aren't being dealt with. And it leaves an empty feeling in my chest knowing that I need to be putting my time, my energy, my efforts, my focus on the things that do matter. So one of the seven things that highly effective people do is they make sure they put first things first and they try as hard as they can not to waver from that philosophy, from that principle. Golden nugget number four, think win-win. Now think win-win, it's not about being nice and it's definitely not a quick fix technique. It's a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration. Most of us learn to base our self-worth on comparisons and competition. We think about succeeding in terms of someone else failing. That is, if I win, you lose. And if you win, I lose. With this type of thinking, life becomes a zero-sum game. There's only so much pie to go around. And if you get a big piece, there's going to be less for me. It's not fair. And I'm going to make sure you don't get any more. We all play the game, but how much fun is it really? Win-win sees life as a cooperative arena, not a competitive one. Win-win is a frame of mind and heart that constantly seeks mutual benefit in all human interactions. Win-win means agreements or solutions are mutually beneficial and satisfying. A person or organization that approaches conflicts with a win-win attitude possesses three vital character traits. Integrity, sticking with your true feelings, values, and commitments. Maturity, expressing your ideas and feelings with courage and consideration for the ideas and feelings of others. And finally, abundance mentality, believing there is plenty to go around for everyone. Now, many people think in terms of either or, either you're nice or you're tough. Win-win requires that you be both. It's a balancing act between courage and consideration. To go for win-win, you not only have to be empathetic, but you have to also be confident. You not only have to be considerate and sensitive, you also have to be brave. To achieve that balance between courage and consideration is the essence of real maturity and is fundamental to this win-win philosophy. Now, this idea of win-win is a really tough one to grasp. For me, I found it was tough. I don't know about you, but for me, I found it was tough because when I grew up, the people that I was around, it was always about, you know, you win, somebody loses. That's the way business is. You got to win, someone else is going to lose. But then I ran into a CEO that uh, I worked under for many, many years, and he taught me the idea that, you know what, there's more than enough to go around. And you know what, while they're competition, yeah, you know what, they might take some business, but you know what, we're going to win some business as well too. And there's more than enough to go around. And it's this abundance mentality that Covey talks about that is so important for creating success. It tells you that there's more than enough to go around. And because of this, that CEO found opportunity all over the place. And it's because of this win-win mentality. Now, the other CEOs that I also built relationships with, they had this win-lose mentality. And you win, I lose. I win, you lose. And because of that, they always felt like they were behind the eight ball. They always felt like there wasn't enough to go around. They always felt like, you know, we have to win this one because if we don't win this one, we're screwed. And it's just not the case. And so that's just something personally for me that I've noticed over the years, this abundance mentality that comes about as a result of this win-win mentality. 
I don't know about you. What do you think? Is the win-win mentality something that you have a tough time with? How do you approach life in a win-win scenario? Let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the Cut the Crap Podcast Facebook page. Feel free to email me as well too, ryan.calajuri at me.com. And let me know what you think about this one and all the other golden nuggets. But specifically, I'm interested in your idea of the win-win. How do you see it? Do you see the world as a win-win? Do you see it as a win-lose? Do you see the value in looking at the world as a win-win scenario? Let me know what you think. Golden nugget number five. This one's my most favorite one. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Communication is the most important skill in life. You spend years learning how to read, how to write, and years learning how to speak. But what about listening? What training have you had that enables you to listen so you really, deeply understand another human being? Probably none, right? If you're like most people, you probably seek first to be understood. You want to get your point across. And in doing so, you may ignore the other person completely. Pretend that you're listening, selectively hear only certain parts of the conversation, or focus only on the words being said, not the meaning of the words. So why does this happen? It's because most people listen with the intent to reply, not to understand. You listen to yourself as you prepare in your mind what you're going to say next, the questions you're going to ask, etc., etc. You filter everything you hear through your life experiences and through your frame of reference. You check what you hear against your autobiography and see how it measures up. And consequently, you decide prematurely what the other person means before he or she finishes communicating. Does any of this sound any bit familiar to you? If we're being honest here, I know firsthand before I read this book, um, when I was 17, I really didn't think too much of it. But when I read it again, when I was 24, 25, this one meant a hell of a lot more to me because I listened to respond in an intellectual way. I wanted to sound smart. I'm being, being fairly open with you guys, letting you know this, but when I was younger, I always wanted to sound smart. I was very insecure. I wanted people to know that I was smart. And so I was listening to what people were saying and trying to figure out, hey, what's the best way that I can come off sounding really smart in this conversation? I listened to be understood. In fact, I didn't really listen. I listened to bits and pieces of it. Then I just completely, you know, vomited my opinion on them. And you know what? That was a lesson learned for me. When I read it again, I was like, holy crap. I'm not listening at all. And it was a big wake-up call for me. Now, if you don't quite understand what I'm saying, do you find yourself saying this often in conversation? Things like, oh, I know just how you feel. I felt the same way. Let me tell you this story. Or, I had the same thing happen to me. And then you go on and tell your story. Or, let me tell you what I did in a similar situation. You know, it's never about the other person. It's always about you. Now, because you so often listen autobiographically, you tend to respond in one of four ways. Evaluating. You judge and then either agree or disagree. Probing. You ask questions from your own frame of reference. Advising. You give counsel, advice, and solutions to problems. And finally, interpreting. You analyze motives and behaviors based on your own experiences. Now, I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, you know, hey, Hold on a second. I'm just trying to relate to the person by drawing on my own experiences. What's so bad about that? Well, in some situations, autobiographical responses, they might be appropriate. Like when some other person specifically asks for help from your point of view or when there is already a very high level of trust in the relationship. But for the most part, what are you doing to actually just listen? 
Just listen to somebody and not offer anything from your perspective. So how many of you actually just listen without wanting to give your opinion? You know, something from the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which, by the way, is episode 18 of Cut the Crap Podcast. If you want to go back and catch the golden nuggets from that one, one of the golden nuggets from that was about how to become a good conversationalist. And one of the ways to become a good conversationalist is to be a great listener. And just ask questions of them to get, to let them speak more and to allow them to dig deeper into their own minds with you asking questions. So if you read this golden nugget and you're trying to say, listen, I want to I wanna change. I don't want to be that person who just vomits my opinion on everybody else. What, what, what do I do? Something that I always do is I just listen and I ask questions. I ask questions to allow the person at the other end of the table to just think deeper about their situation, think deeper about their problem, think deeper about their relationship, about whatever it is they're going through, and I just ask questions. I don't offer my opinion. I don't tell them what I've done. I don't analyze their motives based on something that I've done in the past. I just ask questions and allow them to talk. I think that's something that people really like. I really do. You know, not sort of tit for tat, hey, this is what I think, and oh, this is what I think, and this is what I experienced, and oh, this is what I experienced. And, you know, I, I, I find less pleasure in those conversations. I really do. I find pleasure in truly having a conversation with someone, listening, and just asking questions of them to allow them to go deeper in their own minds, to continue sharing with me their story, their experience, whatever it is they're going through. So you might want to give that a try a little bit. Golden nugget number six. Well, this is a good consulting term, synergize. <laughs> now, put simply, synergy means two heads are better than one. Synergize is the habit of creative cooperation. It's teamwork, open-mindedness, and the adventure of finding new solutions to old problems. But it doesn't just happen on its own. It's a process. And through that process, people bring all their personal experience and expertise to the table. Together, they can produce far better results that they could not do individually. Synergy lets us discover jointly things we are much less likely to discover by ourselves. It's the idea that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. One plus one equals three, or six, or sixty, whatever it is, you name it. When people begin to interact together genuinely, and they're open to each other's influence, they begin to gain new insight. The capability of inventing new approaches is increased exponentially because of differences. Valuing differences is what really drives synergy. Do you truly value the mental, emotional, and physiological differences among people? Or do you wish everyone would just agree with you so you could all just get along? Now, many people mistake uniformity for unity, sameness for oneness. One word, boring. Differences should be seen as strengths, not weaknesses. They add zest to life. Now, in the innovation space, I've worked with a lot of different companies helping them create innovations, new products, new services, new systems, new offerings. And in doing so, one thing that's absolutely important to creating an innovation is diversity. Having one person's frame of mind or if you're trying to create a new sales product and having a whole bunch of salespeople, if you're trying to create a new marketing product, having a whole bunch of marketing people in the room, there's no diversity there. We all think the same way for the most part. We all come in with sales brains or marketing brains. If you're coming up with a new marketing product, what happens if you brought in a marketing person, a salesperson, a finance person, a customer, uh, an administrative assistant, somebody off the street for crying out loud? 
What you get is diversity. And when you get diversity, all of a sudden something very interesting happens. You start opening up your mind to different opinions and questions that people wouldn't ask if they were all marketing professionals are asked. The stupid questions are asked because, oh, you don't know the answer to that. It's the questions that people ask based on their own frame of references, their own biases, their own likes, dislikes, experiences in life. It's those things that drive greater innovation, greater ideation. I'm not a big fan of that word ideation, but just the creation of new ideas. The idea of diversity is the exact same as this idea of synergy. If you want to create great innovation, you need to have diversity. If you want to create great teams, it's great to have some synergy on the team. People who are different, who bring different opinions, different cultures, likes, dislikes, like I said. So next time you're trying to create something new, a new campaign, a new sales strategy, you might want to just open up the doors a little bit more to just not people in your own department, but people outside of your department to provide different experiences, different ideas, different approaches. Having these people who maybe don't know sales or marketing all that well, they have more confidence to ask the stupid questions, which might help lead you in a completely different direction that you wouldn't have gone on your own or with people who have a very similar way of thinking to you. Last but certainly not least, golden nugget number seven, sharpen your saw. Now, sharpen the saw means preserving and enhancing the greater asset you have, you. It means having a balanced program for self-renewal in the four areas of your life. Physical, social, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Now here are some examples of different activities. Physical, beneficial eating, exercising, and resting. Social, emotional, making social and meaningful connections with others, friends, family. Mental, learning, reading, writing, teaching. Spiritual. Spending time in nature, expanding spiritual self through meditation, music, art, prayer, or service. As you renew yourself in each of the four areas, you create growth and change in your life. Sharpen the saw keeps you fresh so you can continue to practice the other six habits. You increase your capacity to produce and handle the challenges around you when you sharpen your saw. Without this renewal, the body becomes weak. The mind, mechanical. Emotions, raw. The spirit, insensitive. And the person, selfish. Not a pretty picture, is it? Absolutely not. Feeling good, it just doesn't happen. Feeling good is something you have to work on. Living a life in balance means taking the necessary time to renew yourself. Again, it's all up to you. It's all in your circle of influence. It's something you control. You can renew yourself through relaxation. Or you can totally burn yourself out by overdoing everything. You can pamper yourself mentally and spiritually, or you can go through life oblivious to your well-being. You can experience vibrant energy, or you can procrastinate and miss out on the benefits of good health and exercise. You can revitalize yourself and face a new day in peace and harmony, or you can wake up in the morning full of apathy because your get up and go has now got up and gone. Just remember that every day provides a new opportunity for renewal, a new opportunity to recharge yourself instead of hitting the wall. All it takes is the desire, knowledge, and skill to know how to do it. I told you how in this golden nugget. It's very easy. Just try a little bit every single day to renew yourself physically, socially, and emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. 
All right, my friends, there we have it. That's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, a classic book. And if you haven't had a chance to read it, I'm glad I had a chance to summarize it for you so that now you have these golden nuggets, this great information to put into practice in your life. If you take anything from this, just take one golden nugget, just one, and apply it in your life. It'll make you that much better. Now, if you guys like this summary, go to cutthecrappodcast.com and sign up for the weekly summaries. Every single Monday, I send you the summary from each book that I summarize down and I share on the podcast. So if you like having a physical copy, if you like having the written words in front of you, go to cutthecrappodcast.com. Give me your first name, last name, and email address, and I'll make sure that's in your inbox every single week. Also, guys, don't forget to reach out to me. I love hearing from you guys. Love, love, love it. It's the fuel that keeps me going. Reach out to me on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, LinkedIn, on my Facebook page. We have the Cut the Crap Podcast Facebook page up and live. You guys can interact with me on there as well too. But one thing I love receiving from you guys is emails. Send me an email, ryan.calajuri at me.com. Let me know how long you've been listening to the podcast for. Let me know how you're utilizing the podcast. Let me know if you've shared it with other people. Just let me know, guys. I just love interacting with you. If you emailed me before, email me again. Just keep it coming. To me, the relationships that I build because of this podcast, it's what makes this podcast all worth it for me. So reach out to me. I want my inbox flooded this week, you guys. So feel free to reach out to me. I look forward to hearing from you. You guys, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast. I cannot wait to get back here next week with a brand new business book and brand new golden nuggets. You guys, take it easy. Have an awesome, awesome week. I love you guys. Take it easy. Most of us lower our standards. Why? Because who you spend time with, my friends, is who you become. Quality of your life is the quality of where you live emotionally. We all have a home. Angry people find a way to get angry, even if their life doesn't have anything to be angry about. We can always find it. Sad people find a way to be sad. Caring people find a way to care for other people. So one thing you got to identify is where are you living? What's your home? What's your habit? And then the way to change it is when I was homeless, literally on my own, just getting started, I didn't have the internet, but I decided I had to go to a library and I had to feed my mind. And I always tell people the first stage is, you know, weeds grow automatically. Uh, one of my teachers taught me, he said, every day stand guard at the door of your mind and feed it something good. Because if your worst enemy puts sugar in your coffee here, you're fine. If your best friend by accident trying to help you put some strychnine, you're dead. So if you feed your mind every day, 30 minutes a day of reading something, hearing something, second, you got to strengthen your body. And the reason, Pierce, is fear is physical, right? So is stagnation, so is numbness, so is sadness, so is rage. And when you go in and change your body by an intense workout or a run or even an intense walk and the blood's flowing through you, science has shown it instantly changes your biochemistry. And now your mind and body are working together. Third thing, all these people did in common, if you watch, they found a mission bigger than themselves. Yeah. Something that they want to aspire to that was worth more than their pain. And then the fourth thing is, you got to find a role model. You know, you heard it with Nick. Um, almost everybody finds a role model that makes it real. Yeah. When you get a role model, it becomes real to you. If you get a plan, you get a goal plan, and you take massive action. And the last step, number five, there's always somebody all worse off than you are. I don't care what you've done. So if you can go help somebody worse off, it puts your life in perspective. And it also reminds you, life's not about me, it's about we. I always tell people, the secret to a great life, the secret to living, is giving. And there's, when you realize there's something in you still to give, even if you lost your legs, even if you've been through a horrific financial situation, your life can improve, but more importantly, you'll have a meaningful life because your life will contribute to other people.